Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom It is with great excitement today that I open up this episode letting you all know that the Matriarch Rising tickets for this summer, over summer solstice 2024, are officially live and available to purchase by the public. So please go ahead and grab your ticket, grab your add-ons. Please know that we always sell out. So do not wait if you are one of the many women planning your year to come be in a women-only, women-exclusive space with us in the Blue Ridge Mountains on my very, very special land. Come. MatriarchRisingFestival.com. Can't wait to see who comes this year. It is our fourth year. It'll be the full moon on the summer solstice. You can check out the first wave of our lineup on the website and just, yeah, feeling so much excitement. Okay, so with that, I'm going to shift over to letting you know about Noelle. Noelle is my guest today. She is gorgeously brilliant and oh so bright, super inspiring. I had originally had her on to talk about nutrition, and to my sheer delight, I find out during the episode that Noelle actually free birthed both of her children. She speaks about moving out of depletion and disease by learning to put herself first and, crazy idea, listen to her body, giving it what it needs. So by cultivating inner strength through nourishment and true health, Noelle learns how to fully trust her body and free births her babies, which are both born in their amniotic sacs, at home, in peace. We go over the radical shifts that take place when mothers move out of martyrdom and into centering themselves, what it looks like, and the harmony that can be cultivated in your relationships when you're grounded and calm. Sometimes it really is as simple as learning to eat breakfast. All right, enjoy. And don't forget, go over to matriarchrisingfestival.com and grab your tickets. Welcome to the show, Noelle. Thank you for having me. So I'm I'm just totally delighted to find out (laughs) something I didn't even know. I thought I was going to have you on to talk about nourishment and food and nose to tail nutrition and all of this, which of course we should get into. But I'm also discovering that you just so happened to have free birthed both your children. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I it's funny because I didn't actually my, with my son I didn't know anything about the free birth society and I didn't find out about it until like 
maybe mid pregnancy with my with my second like I didn't know there was this entire giant community of women doing that you know um so that's that's an amazing discovery (laughs) that's amazing well and it really goes to show that free birth is it's just available for anyone who wants it you know and it is it's some of my favorite stories now of women who in their own ways, not with this platform, find out about it because it really, in my opinion, like validates that it's within us and that it's, it's a very like true rite of passage for us. Yes, absolutely. Cause I think that there's a lot of talk about free birth kind of becoming like trendy, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's like, that's just, let's go. Of birth. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But um, I, I think that so many women are really drawn to the idea of birthing alone by themselves because it's just your innate ability to do that. And I think a lot of women come to that point when they are fully nourished. And especially mm. for me, that that's something that um, I discovered within myself. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Say more about that. And that can just <laughs> go, go into um, your first birth. Yeah. So I, my background is as a holistic nutritionist, um, specializing in Ayurvedic medicine. So I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner, um, as well as studying, uh, biological nutrition and physiology. So I've kind of tied all these things together to create, uh, what I practice today, but prior to being a mom, uh, I had a brick and mortar practice. Like Mm -hmm. I was seeing clients, um, and that's what I was doing. And now I just pretty much teach for free on my platform and um, my husband and I have courses together and then we have our beauty care and supplement line where we sell products. But primarily, um, I'm just sharing the information that I've learned all, you know, all these years um, to help women and you know, for me, the goal is to help women thrive in motherhood, thrive throughout their pregnancies and postpartum, and just be able to uh, grow healthy beings and be healthy themselves and be the container for their entire families. And Mm -hmm. that really does start with um, your mindset and your body and your nourishment around there. Um. And so for me, I was like already very much in the alternative space. Like I knew I was going to home birth when I was in like high school. I was like, I'm totally like, that's that's what I'm doing. But I didn't know I was going to free birth for sure. Even when I got pregnant with my son, that was something that um, I didn't know like it was a thing. You know, I, I had to actually like look up laws about whether or not like I didn't know that. Um, I knew the physiology of birth, but I didn't know like you know, logistically, like, well, what did people do in that situation, you know? Um, So I did a little bit of research and um, my husband and I met with one midwife when I was pregnant with my first and she didn't know as much about physiology or the physiology of birth as we did. And I was like, Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> we, we just kind of left the meeting and I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I, I don't want to hire her. Like, I don't want her present at my birth. Like, I think that things might go wrong if she's there. And, um, you know, we sat with that a little bit. And then I finally, one day was just like, I just want to have the baby, like just me and you, like by ourselves. Like, can we just do that? And my husband was like, yeah, sure. Like that's fine. And, um, and that's kind of how I like stepped into like free birthing was really just out of 
the desire to have my birth just go as I wanted it to and not have anyone interfere with it. So um, how did you already know that truth? Um, well, so my health history is very extensive when I was, and that's how I got into health in general, Ayurvedic medicine, um, and nutrition. Essentially, I was really sick when I was in high school. I was a teen and, um, I experienced a lot of medical malpractice. So I knew that I did not want to birth in the system. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be in the system that, um, my experience was not rare. Uh, and so, for me, yeah. it was like, let like, I'm definitely not going to be a part of this. Like that is terrifying to me. And I didn't want my children to be exposed to that. Um, and that really got me on like this path to being more sovereign, like wanting us to like grow our own food and have a homestead and, and do things on our own because I was afraid of the system. And now I've kind of like confronted that and come to terms with it, that I do see a place for modern medicine, but I don't personally, for me, see a place in birth for for that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how I I came to the conclusion that I was going to home birth, and then the free birthing was just like this is expensive to pay somebody just to stand there and do something, and and I didn't I didn't feel like it was going to be worth it, you know, in the long run. And then after experiencing my first free birth, like I was like, this is insane, like I. I can't believe I even thought of doing it a different way. Right. You know? and, and, um, so how did you contend with the classic, like, what if something goes wrong? And, um, you know, do I really know enough as a first time mom to navigate, you know, totally unfamiliar terrain? And, yes. you know, it, did you have a wild pregnancy? You know, were you, did you not engage in the system at all with your first pregnancy? So with my first pregnancy, I had one sonogram at 20 weeks and I didn't have a, an OB or anything. I just, I just had one. Um, and then other than that, I didn't do anything else. Um, but, and why did you, um, I, I don't know why I, and you know, at the time it was just like, I feel like I should maybe like see the baby, you know, like Mm. maybe I should, you know, have this experience and looking back on it, I probably wouldn't have done that. Like with my daughter, I didn't have like any sort of, I mean, I didn't really do it. I didn't do any testing with my son other than the one sonogram. I didn't have anything with her either. Um, And that was like a fully like wild pregnancy, I would say, because you know, it was just a pregnancy test. Then let's trust that this is, (laughs) you know, see what happens sort of thing. Um, but, uh, with my son, I, I did not tell anyone that I was going to free birth. I actually like lied to everyone. Once I figured that I was going to free birth, I was just like, yeah, we have a midwife. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do a home birth. I mean, even my parents, I was just like, I have a midwife. (laughs) Like, but they, they said that they knew that I was obviously not telling them something because I like didn't know the last name of the lady that, like I said, I had like there are certain things. You're not a good liar. Yeah, I'm not a good liar. I was just like, yeah. You're like, it's Jane Smith. Yeah, like, you know, but I I really just like, I I tested the waters, you know, like I tested it and I, I, when I said I was in a home birth and when I was sharing that I was going to home birth, I just kind of, felt out like can people handle this idea of free birth right now and I didn't feel like they could and to me it was like 
this is my life. Like this is my body, my baby, our family that we're creating. And it's my responsibility to protect us. And I just felt like I didn't owe anyone anything Mm -hmm. and they could have their questions and I didn't need to answer. And I didn't. And I'm so, so happy that that's the way that it went because I really kind of tucked into this like cocoon of bubbling, becoming a mother, you know, and I, it paid off for us. You know, I, I did protect us and, and I was able to just have this completely sovereign wild birth. And then afterwards be like, yeah, like I birthed them him by myself, you know, and everyone's like, what, <laughs> you know, totally shocked by it. But then with my second, obviously everyone knew that I was going to free birth. Everyone okay. Knew that, like, so you were out like, about it yeah. with the second. Yeah. So with my second, although I did have a lot of questions online, like, oh, are you going to free birth? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And um, I didn't announce I was pregnant until I was like seven months pregnant. Like I kind of waited a long Mm -hmm. time because I just didn't want the questions. I didn't want all this, you know, pressure to be something when I really, you know, your focus needs to be on growing Mm -hmm. the human inside of you. Um, so, but I did afterwards tell my birth story and, Mm. um, I, they're, they're different, you know, my birth between my son and my daughter are very different in feeling. Um, but since everyone in my family knew I was going to do a free birth, um, and they, and I already did with, with my son, it was kind of a, it was a cool thing because I, now I had support, Mm -hmm. you know, they like totally trusted in my ability And that was a really good feeling, like being able to like let my parents in on the joy of like Mm -hmm. the power inside of me and and my body was, was really special. Yeah. I see that trend a lot that women who do choose it for their first will withhold that information, lie, cocoon. And then there's this almost like you know, unspoken, like now that they've proven to society, to their families, to themselves, then there's this like permission to really own it in the second. That seems like a pretty um, understandable and common trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. It felt um, for me like the safest route to go. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to spend like my energy uh, teaching other people in my life, like why I was doing what I was doing. And if, cause if they were interested in physiological birth, they would read just go out and read it themselves, <laughs> yeah. you know? So totally. I didn't feel like I needed to be responsible for that. Mm-mm. Um, and, and even now I don't, you know, when people are like, you do that. I'm like, that's crazy. I'm just like, yeah, well, I mean, you could read a book too, and you could probably do it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And like, is it as crazy as going crazy? into yeah. systems of abuse where your baby will be medically kidnapped and shot up against your awareness? And I mean, like, is yeah. it crazy? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so tell me a little bit more around before you get into your first birth story. It's just so cool to meet women who decide this just fully within themselves. Like I'm, I'm assuming that you didn't know anyone who had done this. You didn't really have like the language for it. It was just a very. Yeah, I, 
I vividly remember the moment that I decided that that was like what we were going to do. My husband and I were like sitting in the bath together, like facing each other. And I just was like, I know that like part of my purpose in life is to birth babies. Like I know my body, like this is what I'm made for. It just, I had such a strong feeling and I still do. Like I want a huge family. I want to birth so many times, you know, it's just something that I feel, you know, it's like drinking water to me. Like I, I know that I need it. I know I need to do this. And, um, I don't, maybe the feeling wouldn't have been as strong if my experience within the medical system wasn't so horrible. Totally. Maybe I would have, it would have taken me a little bit to get to that point, but um, just looking at birth for like what it is. And like I say this and I know it makes people like, that's not true, but birthing is like pooping. It's like you bought your body just does it. Like you don't need to do anything. It just does it. And because I, I, you know, I know the body, I was just fully confident that I've got this, you know, like I don't need to interfere with, with anything. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're very correct. It is very similar to pooping. It requires (laughs) a very similar hormonal matrix to be intact, to successfully go through both experiences. It's, it's not as romantic, but it's quite quite similar. And yeah, I appreciate the, the clarity and confidence that's emerging out of your, your experience in your teens and, and how closely related it is when, when we step into our own embodied health, right. And our own knowing that for many women comes from first being really betrayed by outsourcing, right. To the allopathic model or to whatever. Um, and so in that embodiment of knowing ourselves and having clarity in the relationship with ourselves, it becomes really obvious, like free birth becomes an extension of just what we know to be true about ourselves and our capacity and ability. Yes, absolutely. I, it just, it felt like the most uh, natural decision to Mm -hmm. make. Like I remember when I decided it, like such a weight just releasing from me. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh yes, this is the right thing because Mm -hmm. I've now fully like dropped into the space that I need to be for birthing you know before Mm -hmm. that I I felt like a little bit I was like oh this woman's gonna be there like (laughs) who is this lady you know Mm -hmm. and and of course there's other and and some people love to have midwives and I just I'm not that way like even for my second birth I was like I need to be alone Mm -hmm. alone like everyone just leave me be you know um so it just it felt like it clicked as soon as I decided that uh, I felt such like, yeah, a, a primal instinct also like kicked in with me where I, I felt like that was like my first decision as a, a new mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, wow, I'm doing the right thing, you know? I mean, I think you're really speaking to a very healed, intact, healed part of you that is truly able to source from your own internal resources because really in a lot of ways that is kind of how I would describe free birth 
you know, is, is the willingness, ability, and interest to, like you said, just have everyone leave me alone and just, you know, drop in, do what you need to do. And I want to be careful here because there's nothing wrong with not wanting to do that. It's fine. I don't care. Like you should birth however you should birth with wherever you're at. It's not a hierarchy, but it is a different state of consciousness. There is a state of consciousness that that you either exist in or choose to step into when you choose to source entirely from within yourself and within your family, your marriage, you know, and, and it is different when you choose to hire a authority in birth, a professional. It's not less than it's not any of that. And people really cannot hear me when I say that, Uh, even though I really sincerely mean it, it's just a different paradigm. It's a different consciousness. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a different feeling. And um, for me on my own healing journey, that was like, oh, it was like an explosion inside of me. (laughs) You know, it really showed me um, all the work that I had been doing um, mm-hmm. and like how well it sort of paid off because I was able to be in that space and make that decision and then, and then go through it. Like my body was just fully nourished doing all of it. And it just, it has only set me up for such, uh, an empowered motherhood since then, you know, it really, um, changed me in a huge way where I went from even the little parts of me that maybe weren't so healed. And maybe I was like a little insecure about it just mended all of that because I realized like, actually I'm much greater than this. Like I, I was selling myself short and like, I just, I just did this, you know, (laughs) I just kept repeating that. Like I just did this, (laughs) you know, and I think that it is the most um, empowering feeling ever. And it's healing on so many levels. It's just an incredible uh, way to heal too. And it does come from a place of, you know, nourishing your body and nourishing your mind and feeling like centered in yourself and believing in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of women you know, that I speak to that don't choose the path of free birth, which is completely fine. I I think that they're maybe not there yet too, you know, within themselves and, and reaching that state of um, awareness mm-hmm. in their body and connectedness to their body. Um, but I do believe everyone can be there. Of and, you know, there's so many facets and, and ways you can get, can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if, if you feel ready to tell us about your first yeah, story. So, <laughs> so my husband and I were living in a little rental home at the time. The bathtub was super tiny. I did not have a birthing tub, but I knew I wanted to like be in the water. I really should have planned better <laughs> because the tub probably would have been super mm. nice. Um, but I started going into labor around 11 a.m. Um and my contractions were really mild. Like I would say that equal to like period cramps I had like in high school that were like bad, you know. And um, I just started puttering like around the house and getting things together. Um, we did like a, a lotus 
um, birth of the placenta. So we, I had like that kit all set up and the bed set up and, um, I pretty much went throughout the day, which now I know was like active labor. I didn't have my water never broke. Um, my son and my daughter actually were born in the sack. Mm. So I never, I've never experienced water breaking. <laughs> it's cool. a very, it's a very interesting thing to have two That's babies funny. not yeah. know what that feels like. Um, so, you know, it was basically into the evening time where my contractions were getting to the point where like, I really need to center and, and breathe through them. So we filled up the bathtub um, and I pretty much like labored in the tub, like on my knees, on my back a little bit, like trying to find a comfortable position. Um, and my active, like really strong active labor was only 30 minutes before. Yeah. I had a very short birth with, with my first. Yeah. So, um, and I was really able to just breathe through every contraction and, you know, we were pretty much in silence the whole time. Um, my husband really just kind of held the space for me, like trying to figure out like, okay, do you want me here? Do you want me to do this? Um, and then at one point I was like, I just need to like squat, like in like this tub is not big enough for my body, like what I need to do. So I was like squatting kind of my legs in the tub, my butt on the side of the tub. Um, and that's when I felt down and I could feel uh, the sack. And I, and I told him, I was like, I was like, you need to catch him because I need to relax my body right now. I was like, he is coming. Like this next contraction is he's going to be coming. And um, I just felt like the ring of fire that everyone talks about and, you know, this wave of, of heat flow through my body. And he just floated through the water, like in his sack. And my husband just caught him. Yeah. It was like just a very, <laughs> Whoa, what a cool story. <laughs> yeah. And, so did, um, did you have to, did the sack pop in the water or did you it, have it popped to... in the water? Yeah. So it popped when like my husband, like put his hands on it. So mm-hmm. when it popped and, um, and he hmm. brought him out of the water and then I, I turned around and I sat down and he placed him on me. Um, and it was such a, I wrote this, card to my son for his first birthday about his birth and Mm. um it was such a wild thing because like our lives had just changed like insanely but like nothing there was nothing around you know like it was silence it was just us in this space like no one knew Mm -hmm. that anything happened and that's such a different experience like usually there's commotion and like Mm -hmm. noise and all this stuff and we were just completely peace and silence you know it was it was really really beautiful um and then you know we just like started our lives as our family I I my placenta came right out after that um I showered off and we went into bed and then it was like postpartum period it was just so uneventful (laughs) you know it was just like oh I just went to the bathroom and had a baby and it's funny because my husband would joke about that prior to my giving birth and you'd be like I just feel like one day you're gonna come out and be like the baby's here and Mm -hmm. like show me (laughs) you also had a lot of willingness whether conscious or not to let it be simple right even in choosing free birth I mean women still (laughs) will do their damnedest to dramatize a free birth if that's what they're committed to but 
when you're really committed to simple and you're really um, worked out of how to have that, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I I'll see people who have like the tub and the candles and the music. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like I want, I want that. And then when I'm in it, it's like, I don't have any of it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, for me, it was like, you know, the the cleanup of the birth was everything was in the tub went down the drain you know amazing (laughs) yeah that's very chill well also you had a quick birth which is amazing like when you have a long birth you're going to use every inch of your home just to shake it up you know yes yes um and with my daughter it was it was different my my birth was actually still like my active labor was still, it was two hours, which is still very short in like mm-hmm. the scheme of, of birthing. Sure. Um, but sort of the same, um, atmosphere in terms of, of the birth. I birthed in our, our home, um, in a same, a similar size tub actually, which I did that this time I was like, I'm going to get a tub. And then I, and then I did not. Um, but I mostly just like <laughs> that third baby <laughs> totally getting a tub though. <laughs> Um, but I mostly just labored in there in the, in the shower with the hot water, but my contractions were, I was roaring through them. Like to bring her earthside was way more, um, challenging for me than with my son. My son is just like, he's there. And I, you know, it was, it was easy. Um, but I feel that with my daughter, you know, I, as a woman, and becoming a mother to a woman, um, I really had to face a lot of myself and those contractions were part of that. Like mm-hmm. I, I watched my life, like I watched my relationships, like as I roared through those contractions and um, I watched my relationship with my mother, like I in, you know, inside like spoke to her and, mm-hmm. and released, you know, any, um resistance there too and yeah I was my husband was like this is different like mm. and I was like you need to leave because I cannot not like scream right now like this I need to scream and I need to be alone because this baby is coming out differently like mm. this is not the same sort of feeling at all and um and I really did roar through all those contractions and I ended up getting out of the tub and um, sitting on the toilet. And he came in. My husband was like outside playing with my son. So I pretty much labored by myself. And and um, he came in. He's like, you don't burst on the toilet. Did you clean the toilet? And I was like, yes, I did clean the toilet. I was like, Also, shut up. Gonna... <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm also not going to swear. Yeah. I was like, please be quiet now. <laughs> you know how many babies are born into the toilet? I know. So I many. was like. I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. And so then did you or did you shift? No. So I I felt down and I felt, I felt the sack again. And I was like, I guess like my water's just never going to break. I'm just going to have babies in sacks. So I got off the toilet and I was on my knees and um, yeah, she came right out into my arms and no one was in the room. It was just me. Yeah. And then my husband, because my husband went outside to go Mm -hmm. back to my son was playing in the front yard and, you know, and then he came, he was coming back and forth to check on Mm -hmm. me, you know, but, um, yeah, as soon as he went out the door, she 
came earthside and then he came back in like a minute later and and he heard the cry and I was sitting there with her in my hands and um I just looked him in the eye and I was like I did it by myself like to me catching her was like really like by myself like no one was in there Mm -hmm. it was just me and her and um that was the most oh my gosh the most incredible feeling of my entire life and Like, I can't wait to tell her how Mm -hmm. she entered the world and how it was just like me and her, Mm -hmm. you know, and just that connection. And, um, and it's interesting because my, my son has such an affinity for my husband. Like he is such a papa's boy. And I do think it makes a difference. Like who catches the baby in that moment? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just my experience. (laughs) What does it it mean for my baby? (laughs) That just fell on the floor. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one caught no. him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I maybe it's not anything. <laughs> well, we like you know we're humans. We love stories. We love to. Yeah, we're my mentor says we're meaning makers. Yes, you know, right. We love we, to make meaning, and it's so fun. Right. Like why yeah. not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I just want to visualize this for a second. So she's coming out. You said in the call again, and so yeah. um you're on your hands and knees. And then do you just like kick back to get her from the front? Yeah, I caught her from the front. And so I sort of like pushed back and I was like, still like, I was like on my heels, you know, and they Mm -hmm. were out. And, um, and as she was coming out, I like burst the sack with my, with my hands by grabbing her. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. And then, and then as soon as my husband came in and he saw her, like my placenta just like fell out. Like it was nice. so fast. I was like, Whoa, that was because with my son, I kind of had to push, you know, just fell right out. He had the bowl and everything ready. And, and he's like, okay. And then my son came in within a couple of seconds and he was like, oh, I want to give that little baby my dump truck. Like he was so, Cute. so sweet. Came in and, with um, gifts. Yeah. And, uh, then we, I was like a little bit cold. So we got into the hot bathtub and then my son got into it with me and then mm. he held her for the first time. And, um, we run, um, our business, we have like our workshop on our property and my husband, like we, we got back, we got in the bed, you know, everything was like pretty much set up and my son was with me and then had my daughter. He's like, yeah, I have to go back to the workshop. I have to like put some orders out. <laughs> I was like, Okay. And that was like my first moment of like, oh my God, I like a let my husband leave me alone with my children for like three months. <laughs> oh, really? No, no, no. I Nick might be exaggerating. Like, you know, so, yeah. And then so I was he just, was, was like, was I have to go event. work at like what, an hour postpartum? Yeah. About, like, probably he like probably 30, 30 to, minutes. Like, he just needed to like, just take a minute probably you know it's funny because when I hear him talk about me to other people and talk about birthing and stuff he has such like a wonderful view of me and he's just like no I'll just does that stuff like she's just that she's just capable of it you know and I was joking with a friend I was like yeah he just left me after and my babies and he's like no I didn't I just knew that you were fine and you had it like you were you were okay. And he's right though. Cause that is my personality. And that is like my capability. Like I'm very much like, I'm, I'm good. Like I don't, you know, I'm full. When I need support, I really like speak it and say it, you know? And then 
for the next basically two months, I stayed in bed and that. So um, amazing. <laughs> so, you know, that was, I, and I did the same with my, with my son too, but you know, it's different when you have mm-hmm. another child to like care for. Way harder. Um, yeah. Just totally different. So we had, my you, mom. you actually need to commit. I mean, I say need like women should do whatever they want, but it's not, it, it is because it's more challenging I think the idea is to commit to that restful postpartum even more. Like first baby, you're young, it's fine. Yeah. Third baby, fourth baby, fifth baby. Like we're talking about the health of your pelvic floor for when you're 50, 60, 70, you know, with every postpartum, what we do and how we allow it to, um, yeah, rec- yeah, repair, recover. Absolutely. And I think probably for my next birth and postpartum I will hire like a postpartum doula my mother stayed with us but I think she would need more help like and Mm -hmm. because I need someone to to care for me while she cares for my children you know and um and I do think women really need a lot of support postpartum it's not just a oh okay you stop bleeding you're good (laughs) you know like that's not the case oh yeah so I mean, is there a deeper nourishment than having a a network of your family and community fill all the little holes in your in your household that you don't have to fill? It just feels so good. Absolutely. And I I just I know what a difference it makes because, you know, at four months postpartum, like my energy was just back to where I was before, like my body. I mean, it just nourishing my body and doing it correctly and resting and like truly not pushing myself and just allowing my body to heal was just such a gift. And now eight months postpartum, I'm like, I'm ready for another baby. Let's go. You know, (laughs) like my body, my body is just feeling so good. And I don't feel that, um, exhaustion that so many women go mm-hmm. through and when i hear stories which i do every day it's it's painful it's painful mm-hmm. to think of that i i feel for for women who go through a traumatic birth and then a traumatic postpartum it's just Domino. it's oh man yeah i mean the, and, the birth in the system is set up to create trauma at every step right yes so when what we see in the free birth world is what I would call the biological design that women emerge from their births, wanting more kids. Yeah. Right. Feeling good. Um, and there is, there's definitely a relationship between how well supported they are in their postpartum to how their mental health is, you know, at three, four, five, six months postpartum, of course. So I'd like to shift into nourishment and your work and what you teach about and how this all interplays with motherhood. Um, like I could prompt you with stuff, but I also feel like you could kind of just yeah riff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always remind my community that a fully nourished mother is a fully nourished family. What you do for yourself trickles down into your family. So you truly do need to, you know, fill your cup, take care mm-hmm. of your body. Um, this culture around moms just eating scraps from their children's plates and not truly slowing down to actually feed themselves is not serving anyone. And I'm 
basically the counter of that. <laughs> For me, I, you know, I teach about physiology, I teach about um, Ayurvedic medicine, the practices of Eastern medicine, and, and how you can apply it to your more modern day life. Um, and, you know, my primary focus is on women doing nourishing activity. It absolutely has a trickling down effect, you know, when a mother skips breakfast, and her stress hormones are incredibly high, um, her mood is going to be unstable, that's going to affect her children, her reactivity to her children, mm -hmm. um, her ability to handle um, upsets throughout the day with household upsets, whether it's, you know, something just not going as planned or your child needing more from you. Um, the basis of everything I teach is really this holistic and they say whole, like, you know, everything combined um, view of the body and your mind and your lifestyle and how you need to weave this nourishment throughout all of it, nourishing activities um, a nourishing routine nourishing foods. Um, and that looks a lot like slowing down and being um, aware and purposeful with your choices. Um, we are in a culture where women just rush through everything. I need to rush through this. I need to rush through that and that and that and that. And uh, it's just depleting. It's straining on the nervous system. It's depleting to our mineral stores, which we give to our children anyways. You know, we lose 10% of our mineral stores with every birth. So if you think about that, your thyroid and your minerals are the spark plugs to your entire metabolic system. If you are completely strained on your mineral stores, your life is going to be strained. Your mind is not going to work correctly. You're not going to be sharp. You're not going to be able to handle um, basic everyday things, you know, like my son wanting to go ride his bike and, you know, whatever the case may be, I could easily respond in a reactive manner or I can help him and I can be centered and I can be the teacher that he needs me to be, you know, and it really comes down to uh, how we treat ourselves and how we treat ourselves is also an example for our children. I right. grew up with my mom um, eating Tostitos and drinking Diet Coke and like skipping meals like crazy. I so you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I really modeled my um, idea of health from my dad actually, but that's because I was on this similar routine as him. Like w waking with the sun was always my. I naturally just really enjoyed that. Um, and he was very into health. He was an athlete and he, you know, when I was in high school, he had like his oatmeal in the morning and his green tea and his lemon water. Like he was doing a lot of things that today, you know, everyone does for their health. And, um, and so I had a really good example in that way, but I did watch how, um, my mom's diet affected her mentally and emotionally and her ability to handle us and our problems and and really support us um and now she's come a very long way from that and mm. eats <laughs> and completely nourishes her body and and interestingly enough it's it's something that we we talk about often because um you know now with 
my children, she, if, if my son is, is like, I don't, I don't feel like eating breakfast. You know, my mom is able to communicate. Hey, actually, you know, I, I did that for a very long time and these are all the things that happened to me. And, you know, I, this is how I feel when I eat breakfast and don't you want to play and do all these things? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So what is, what is nourishment look like to you and for you? For me, it's nutrient dense foods. So not consuming empty calories, um, whether it be from like health foods or not. I think there's uh, this idea that to be healthy, you must like drink green juices and eat salads and have quinoa and, you know, whatever you have, be raw, have a raw diet, you know, all these different things. And um, I look at food from, for its nutrient density, its quality and its bioavailability for the human body. Um, So for me, I'm composing my meals around what does my body need? How can I nourish my body more? Um, am I lacking fat? Am I lacking protein? Am I lacking carbohydrates? Where where do I need to um, make this plate more well-rounded that it's going to suit me and then serve my family? What kind of mi- micronutrients is my body missing? Is it copper? Is it iron? You know, I'm, I'm looking at all of those different things. Um, and that's really why I teach a lot about nutrition, a lot about um, what's in food, like what's in an individual type right, of food. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. And like how your body actually uses that, what it's for, mm-hmm. um, because it really does make a difference. When you start to educate yourself about that information, you can easily make a decision on like what to eat. Food is not just like Oh, I'm I'm just going to eat because I have to eat. You know, you eat to really um, have a a purpose for your body. Have a you know, it's going to add to your life. And of course, you, there's wiggle room there. You can have your donut if you want your donut. You, you know, and, and there's ways to have foods like that. that like I eat sweets all the time. I, I'm always making brownies and cookies and sourdough things, and um, I do think that there's there's also room for that, but the idea is to um, set the foundation mm-hmm. with those nutrient dense foods that your body could actually use. Mm-hmm. You know, so often women um, cut calories. That is another thing that I stress so much is like, you cannot survive on 1500 calories. I don't care what, who you are. That is not, it's not possible. You can't. You know, not as a woman who's birthed a child that is without a great cost. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you might, you might be still standing, but uh, But how are you feeling? How are you doing? You know, how are your relationships going? How's, how are you, how are you you sleeping? You know, how are you pooping? (laughs) How's all that going for you? Um, It, it's all, it really does affect you. And women really do need upwards of, 2000 calories of nutrient dense foods a day in order to have sustained energy in order to have uh, a high functioning metabolic system and a relaxed nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people will often connect the dots between like what they've eaten during the day and like how they are 
like feeling and reacting even in their own thoughts like oh I'm being very reactive right now that is strange what did I the other <laughs> the other day I interviewed Jessica Ash mm-hmm. and she said something that really it, I mean it's sad it made me laugh though because it's it's so interesting but she was like you know you know, those women that will be on restrictive diets and they're like always irritated and they're just like in like a low level state of rage. And she was like, they're starving. Yes. Like, yes. oh shit. I never really, because yes. I know women like that. I never yeah. really considered that, that like they're famished. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, like if you sit down to like a good warm meal, that's like salted properly and you get like you know, all the fat and the protein, the carbs, like all in one meal, like how that grounds your body, like Mm -hmm. how stable do you feel? Like you could, you know, you can continue on with your day. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's so, so, so important to, to nourish your body, to put all of that um, first, especially in your birthing and mother years. Like I do not know how women make it off of scraps. I, I just, I could not, you know, I could not function. I'd be a reactive mess. Right. Well, a lot of people are. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to what we were saying earlier around when, when we, if we learn how to source from within, then we can begin the internal discovery process and internal dialogue of what feels good. What, what, you know, what might I want? Because so many of us, and I totally relate to this, just like want to be told, like, just give me what you eat, give me how you work out, tell me exactly what you do. And I would really prefer to just put that framework on my life, but it's bullshit. It's not a sustainable, um, option. There isn't any shortcuts with birth, with mothering, with, with health, you know, that it is, it's really, are we willing to learn? Cause it does take time, especially if you're 35 and you, you haven't learned how to internally source your own approval, your own sense of security, your own sense of safety, like some really basic shit that most people, um, haven't consciously skillfully learned how to generate yet, you know, so it'll take some time, but are you willing to discover what food feels good? And do we even know, like so many women will be like, what even does that mean? Like what even is nourishment? Because we're so fucked up from fad diet culture and restrictive eating and don't have grains and everything is bad. And this idea of you know, raw milk and fresh sourdough and, you know, lots of, of meat and dairy and all of this stuff that, you know, we're like indoctrinated to as little girls think that that stuff is like going to make us fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole, um, (laughs) I mean, that is basically everything I experienced growing up was mm-hmm. don't don't eat any of those foods and <laughs> don't eat, eat actually just don't yeah eat. <laughs> just like just just try not to eat and then like continue to live though but don't eat don't eat know? but also <laughs> smile <laughs> yeah like to just smile too though <laughs> yeah yes. I know and um and it, I really attempt to um share inspiration for meals and foods but I stress so much that you know Although our physiology is the same 
in that way that we, you know, we need these things, we're predisposed to different imbalances, different diseases in the body. Uh, we live different in different environments and have different lifestyles and interests. And so you really have to take that information right. and apply it to yourself. So it's not as easy as like, just tell me what to eat, you know, but you, I can't, you know, I can't tell you what to eat because I don't know you and you need to know you. So you need right. to take responsibility and apply this information to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, uh, I don't think it's taught enough and early enough that these things are important. You know, we were, my husband and I were chatting last night about how most women don't even know how their cycles work. They don't even know their different phases of their cycles um, and how that affects, you know, their, their family, their relationships, like the decisions that they're, that they're making and the Mm -hmm. food that they need to eat. Um, and this should be like basic knowledge that we're teaching our kids, you know, men and and women need to know this, um, because then we can actually like live in harmony. We can, we can function together. Um, people are often surprised at like how well my husband and I communicate and like have our relationship and and this and that. And I'm like, well, we we're fed. So there's that. (laughs) But we also know how to um, respond to each other and what's going on in our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're think, literate. You're actually yes. literate. And when two people are literate and they like each other, yes. the potential <laughs> of that is yeah. really exciting. Yes, it's really exciting. <laughs> um, and that's my that's my goal and my hope is to is to show women. Well, one you can you can do it because I did it and I didn't come from a place of this like I created this you mm-hmm. know I I came from all sorts Tostitos. of health ailments yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I I came from a place of you know when I was 12 I had a kidney disorder I was homeschooled part-time not by choice but, but by force because I couldn't physically go to school I had Hashimoto's and PCOS and oh my God. I had cancer and I had all these different things that before I was 21, you know, and, and for me, when I decided to go to school for Ayurvedic medicine, I was, I just had turned 18. I was the youngest person in my school. Um, No one was like interested at my age. And during that time, now it's definitely like become like a bigger thing, which is really cool. Um, But I just knew that this is, this is not living. I, I'm not going to live if this is how life is going to go, you know? And, um, I wish there was somebody out there that was like telling me all the information I know now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could have, you know, bypassed a lot of, of hurt and a lot of um, stress. So that's my hope for, for women is that they see what life can be like if you, if you do these things for yourself, if you set, if you lay that foundation out, if you put some time and energy into learning about your body and then applying that knowledge to your life and then how well you can really show up in motherhood and how well you can birth if you, if you want to, you know, free birth and, you know, how well your stable, your marriage can be too. Right. And, and all these things, like it really affects the whole cosmo of your, of your entire life, your, mm-hmm. the, how well your body is functioning. There's a lot of, 
you know, psychological and cultural, you know, stuff to this outside of food too. That's just like most of us, I feel like I could be wrong, but from what I have tracked, most of us grew up with really that martyr mom persona, you know, that's very Christian, very, um, serve everyone except you mom's last, but there's also this like heroicism to it, you know, and it's very, um, there's pride within the martyr persona that just isn't interesting to me at all as the center of my family and as the, um, yeah, like the, the, the center of my family. I I don't, I don't understand it. And I, I feel so just amazed that I could learn myself out of these things that were shown, not just from my maternal line, but also society. Right. And I think there is something happening that I see paired very much with the free birth world where women are starting to really realize that it's like pretty cool to love yourself and to like take care of yourself and to eat and to say no. And, you know, these like things that feel real, real, real basic, but like you said, you know, like get fed, like, let's, let's start with just like eat, see who you are when you're genuinely fed, when you know that that is, is happening. Um, because, Jessica Ash was saying this too, that, that you'll be a completely different person. If you are currently malnourished without even realizing it, who you will be nourished and the caliber of your life, the consciousness you will exist in is going to be so different. And I look at women that I know who are nourished in, in, in all the ways, and there's such a radiance and a creativity and this kind of like infinite capacity thing happening where we're just scaling and scaling and scaling and holding and holding and holding, but it's really radical to do it from a state of fullness and wellness versus depletion and martyrdom. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I, and it really does start with just making the decision to be like, Hey, you know what? I actually, I need to eat this meal right now for me. And if I don't, no one is going to be served, you know? And no just, one eats and until no I eat. <laughs> um, you know, for me, it was, I came from before, prior to pregnancy and prior to motherhood, like a very nourished state, you know? I've been doing this work for a very long time, but becoming a mother, you're faced with a lot more challenges. You give mm-hmm. up so much of your self-determination. It is the most selfless job in the entire world. Um, and it was... Uh, an interesting thing for me to uh, kind of navigate without becoming a martyr, you know, mm-hmm. and, and truly like living the work that I was, that I was preaching. And there are so many moments where, um, you know, I'm still nursing my son. He's almost three and a half. So there are moments where we've explained to him, like, you know, mama needs to eat right now. She can't nurse right now because in order to make the milk, I need to eat my food. So I need to finish my dinner and it needs to be calm. 
because this is going to affect my digestion, which is going to affect the way that I absorb my food and my nervous system. And if my, I'm stressed, then I'm going to have stressed hormones in my milk and then your tummy's going to hurt. You know, we really go into like the physiology for my son. So he's like totally aware of, hey, you know what? Actually, I need to care about my parents because if I don't care about my parents and their time and their space and their energy, they're not going to be able to care for me. And, um, and now at three and a half, like he's just so understanding of, of all the things that we yeah. have like said to him and taught him, like, you know, over the past couple of years. So um, screaming, so screaming, it's not all about you. It's, <laughs> it's not a tactic. <laughs> but no. I will often default to <laughs> yeah (laughs) so you've got an eight month old three and a half year old you want all the babies you have a cow you just moved to this cool new big property yeah you're crushing um, it (laughs) we've got some sheep we've got dogs my dog just had puppies we've got ducks and chickens yeah we're um we're trying to really you know our original goal was like, let's live off grid. And maybe that will be for us when our children are a little bit older. But um, something we realized at our previous home, which we were like a little bit more removed from society there, um, is that you know, our children need communication, they need people, they need life. And um, we need to figure out a way that we can still like remain in our values and work towards our goals while um, he's they're able to socialize and meet mm-hmm. people. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's been the place where we've been at and kind of our, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole reason for, for moving and leaving where we, where we were that we loved so much. Um, but yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I, my, whenever my mom would come to visit me, she's like, Whoa, you do so much in a day. I'm like, yeah, well, it's insane what you can get done when like you, you're, <laughs> You ate breakfast and you, you know, didn't live off of black coffee all day. <laughs> oh, that's so funny and so true. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a huge culture online of just like, let's starve ourselves and then let's drink wine later. <laughs> and I'm just, and then let's I, see who we are at 50. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a very uh, grounded and, and calm mm-hmm. person because of, the choices that I've made in terms of, you know, choosing myself, essentially choosing, mm-hmm. choosing to nourish my body. Cause I can see how that can affect everyone else. And I hope more women do begin to see the value in that. You know mm-hmm. um, I know that there's a lot of discomfort that comes with uh, nourishing your body because if you have been starving and there's many reasons why you, you may have been doing that, um, you know, your body's going to look different. Mm-hmm. Your body's going to look different when you start to nourish it. It's going to look different through that transition. Older. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of somewhat hard to, to go through. But when your body starts to balance out and then you're at a state where like it's fully just working, your organs are doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing it feels so different, you know, getting past that uncomfortability is, is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So in, in closing, what, what is your, like, how can women find you and what, 
what do what is your work online? You mentioned you have courses and what are your other offerings that women can engage in? Yeah, so my husband and I, um, we created a couple of online courses. Um, We have a digestion course, a weight loss course, which is really just more or less um, a a trail off of our thyroid course, which is what I would recommend for most women who are prepping for pregnancy, maybe if they're pregnant, like that's because your, your thyroid is, you know, the center of essentially your entire health system, it's really important to, to work on that. Um, and then we have our beauty care products. We have some, um, facial care things and then, uh, metabolic supplements. So Hmm. that part of our, our line has expanded quite a bit. Um, and our company is called forever healthy LLC. And you can find us on Instagram or on, on the web. And then my page is Noelle Covery on Instagram. And so I, I just share free information every day. I have thousands and thousands of of free content in my highlights, like hours, hours worth. Like you could make a couple of courses out of that. And I always tell people like there's so many topics in there and it's, I mean, it is the most in-depth information you'll probably nice. read. Beautiful. So um, it's all right there on my page. Um, and, and that's pretty much what we're offering now. We are working on a pregnancy and postpartum course, um, but because of the season of life that we're in, it's probably going to take us a while. So <laughs> that'll be announced later on when I, when I get to it. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, we would love to have you come to <laughs> MRF if it's in your flow and you're only a couple hours away. So Yes, I I really had wanted to make it this past year, but being like, you know, for me, like six months postpartum is still like, I'm like still in like the, the thick of it and everything, but um, I would love to come for next year. We'll be very close by and it would be yeah. wonderful to also um, bring my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get to meet so many like-minded women. Yes. Yeah. And I, I loved finding your space because after I, you know, free birth, I was like, okay, am I the only one that's doing this? Like, cause I also would really like really? to talk to people about this, yeah. you know, and, um, finding that there's just such a, like a massive shift happening. Like I've been able to connect with a lot of women, um, online because of your page and so just cool. like finding people that like, you know, resonate with me. And I think that that's just amazing. And, and we need that women mm-hmm. need that, especially, um, when we're, when we're shifting in such a dramatic way, you know, like to shift from this mm-hmm. more allopathic medical system to this sovereign way of, of living and birthing and mothering. It's like, you need your people. Exactly. And I mean, that really is at the heart of the matriarch rising festival is it's yeah. like, it's all these women who in their own, you know, maybe they have communities, but maybe they don't. And they're all coming together under these shared values of free birth and sovereign living and health and nourishment. And it is really like people, women just kind of walk around like, whoa, like this is a, it's like a, it's like a conscious women's summer camp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for your time. It was super fun to get to Yeah, thank you. you so much for having me. I 
hope you enjoyed the show today. You can support this podcast by donating to it on freebirthsociety.com and leaving an awesome review on whatever platform you listen on. The more reviews, the more visibility the show gets, so let's spread the word of sovereign birth. We've always got a lot going on at Free Birth Society, and you can find out about all of it at freebirthsociety.com, at freebirthsociety on Instagram, and opt in to my newsletter below in the show notes. We offer courses on free birth, authentic midwifery, and the blood mysteries, as well as one-on-one coaching, in-person retreats, and of course, our annual women's festival. Our exclusive vetted private membership is definitely something to check out if you're looking for a community of wise sisters. Together we rise. We must speak our stories, claim our lives, and support one another. This is the living revolution, and I am so grateful to be in it with all of you. I'll leave you with our epic Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.